reading that law line. I will be arrested for not taking a fucking vaccine. This is not a fucking joke anymore. This is fucking dead serious. I am fucking dead serious. These people don't know who the fuck they're actually playing with. They are, in a group they might come and fucking intimidate me and whatnot. But fuck, they do not understand what the fuck just one person like myself is capable of. They do not fucking understand. No fucking vaccine or MRA will ever flow through my fucking blood blood. Never! I will fucking die fucking fighting for my forefathers and my fucking lineage. Fuck these motherfuckers. Jihad, jihad, jihad. Yeah, I wasn't going to do a stream, but uh, I figured, fuck it, why not? Why not? We'll do one. Got some uh, cool things to tell the crowd, and uh, we will. Um, we'll be getting into those. Bit of science, maybe. Uh, maybe I can convince. Uh, I saw Commander Rixie pop up in the chat. Maybe he can come on and uh, join us for the. Uh, for the festivities, it's festivities. That's what we have here. We just uh, because it is just turned into a, a a big massive joke right now. Um, well, I have to say, there's actually some interesting science out, which is why I sort of felt compelled to, to actually do a stream, do my job for once. And they will. Uh, am I going to Alabama? No, <laughs> not Alabama, sir. Uh, Texas, Texas. Da -da -da -da. Um. I have a uh, ticket booked, uh, I want to say around, let's just say the end of the month, <laughs> so no one, no one knows uh, precisely what's going on, and uh, I'm going to, I got invited to do um, a conference by Ryan Dawson, so in Anti-Neocon, that, that's the website, right, and the... Um, censorship, censorship in this current time, and 
um, Commander Rixie, more than welcome to uh, to join us uh, at the event. Um, I can sure and get a slot. If not, I'll split my time up uh, with you. Uh, but um, yeah, I I bit the bullet and decided I would do it. So the event is on the fifth of November. Um, there's another event happening. I want to say it's the sixth, maybe, and the Groiper Catboy dude is organising it, and Ethan Ralph is going to be there, so I wouldn't mind meeting him in person. Uh, it'll be in Houston, and the evening, that's about as much as I know right now, <laughs> so, uh, but... I figured, um, why not? Why not take the opportunity? Why not? It, it's, uh, you know, sometimes the Lord moves in mysterious ways. Al Akbar, jihad, 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 and um, we're well. We're now. I <laughs> got shout out to Jesuit Fromage. We've got a new target that I'm going to try and hit. Right, because I've got, I've got to try. <laughs> Grift some shekels to cover the costs of, of that. And um, the weather is finally becoming livable. Um, yeah, same for Japan, actually. So, um, <laughs> yeah, new tip charge we labeled Get Kev to the Center of the Universe via Fungi Fund. Yes! <laughs> yes! You know it. You know it, Karma Doc. You know it. Um, and. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm really looking forward to this because it's been oh when was the last time I was in the US? Um, five years ago, I want to say, and it really was a whistle stop tour. I was there less than a week, um, and so I'll I'll have more time this time to uh, to chill and uh, meet people, and I really I really would like to meet people. Um, that's that's the thing. If I could meet Charles, that would be awesome. Um, and of course, uh, Karma Doc as well, who's uh, given so much to the channel. And uh, for that, I am uh, eternally, eternally grateful. So um, right now, yeah, oh, where does it say it? There, there. I can't ever work it out with the camera. There, right. You're all. <laughs> You're all. You can read it. Till, uh, <laughs> till Kevy, Kevy is. Um, I'll be here for the election. Praise be to Allah. Oh, Allah Akbar. Allah Akbar. I'll be there. I'll be there for the kickoff. <laughs> that would be great. Oh, that would be that would be funny, man. If uh, if there was something bananas in the midterms, is would there really be something um, that? that crazy i don't know um let's see i'm getting someone to cover a shift or few to take your ass to houston keep you out of jail i nice and um what else what else can we do well charles do you want to do you want to hop on um we were having a brilliant discussion yesterday like charles is uh tweeting up um i say he just pulls such good um good work and i can pivot from the the science that I did have lined up, um, as much as I would, um, well, it's not it's not. Are we going to learn anything different than what we know already? N no, not so much. Science often, you know, once once the first nails get in and hammer stuff down, it's all the, the nails are all uh, pretty 
very similar. It's all about nailing down a particular concept. Oh, you know what? Um, I, I, let me just see if I can find it. It just reminded me. Nailing down of concepts. and oh, I should have brought this up earlier. Now, um, Joanna, uh, Dr. Dinat, has uh, told me that a German lab... Let me see if I can find it. Uh, D. Um, yeah, here. Uh, let's see. Let me do this. Open original. And we'll put this um, here. All right. Let me, let me just uh, switch um, screens and do this. It's in German. But um, this group uh, are taking up the challenge, uh, the viral, do viruses exist challenge. And um, yeah, maybe maybe the uh, grifters will not uh, be so uh, dismissive. I don't know. Like I say, I don't, I don't think they have, what was it, a million dollars or $500,000, etc. to uh, to lean into this challenge i think it's all um horseshit um i can't do right now but 45 minutes or later yeah i can do in 45 minutes i'll, I'll keep gassing for 45 minutes um uh, so yeah in 45 minutes so I'll, I'll i'll blast through the science and then we'll uh we'll get commander rixie on and he can he can talk about his latest um nuggets that have been pulled up from the uh, they're not pulled up there it's published science but um i i certainly didn't pick them up um he did and you, you know what? i've i've just become how can you say uh who's beater o'rourke oh yeah okay. um the the politician right um what was i gonna say now you you distracted me i was uh I was thinking, who's the actor? Who's the actor? O'Rourke. What's his name? The wrestler. What was? What's his name? Isn't that O'Rourke? Ah, Mickey Rourke. Mickey is it something like that? All right, we'll get that Hollywood types. But yeah, okay. So let me. Um, he wants to be next governor of Texas. Yeah, I, I thought so, but I, I don't know for some reason. Yeah, Mickey Rourke. That's what I thought. I thought why would why would I want to go and straighten out his head? Um, I think he, I think he'd probably just pick me up and <laughs> screw me into a little ball and uh, plop me off into the corner. So I'm not, I'm not going to go and try and rearrange his his noggin. And that was actually a uh, very very good movie, The Wrestler. Um, I highly, highly recommend that one. I need to watch it again. So, uh, right, I I will push on. We can f dispense with. Well, we're doing science, so uh, that's me. You can find me on the internet doing science things, etc. Uh, what's more important right now is McCann Dojo. S keep up to date because of the censorious nature in which we find ourselves. Uh, McCannDojo.com. Uh, there you can support uh, live science and support um, things like uh, the doc going speaking in public i'll stream the event i'll take uh the trusty well, not so trusty atom mini i'll be able to um set it up with my laptop so i can sort of stream a camera and well it'll be the mic from the uh the, the what do you call it the the video camera itself 
Uh, unless, I, unless I find some little little device in the meantime. Um, what's this? PR firm represents Pfizer, Moderna, CDC Vaccine Advisory Committee. Yeah, look, we, we know about all that. Um, look, it's it's a incestuous mess that needs uh, the honed blade of uh, a marine like uh, Commander Rixie, the, uh, the shitposting talents of the raccoon bunker and uh, many, many others to bring it to... Um, bring this information out because this is uh, very much an information war um, there we go I want to put that and let me just check if rumble chat is working is rumble chat working why does that look so messy on the chat is that off the screen is it just the web page behind it right <laughs> just the uh, the rimo pointing at the zero that's <laughs> so rimo <laughs> All right, um, uh, people trying to contact me. Uh, uh, oh, uh, I've got another one. <laughs> I'll put this in the, uh, put this over here. Another Shahid. Um, but let's see. Uh, did that, did that, did that. Um, yeah, and of course, if you are stuck with using PayPal, um, we have StreamFags GayPal that you can use. Let me try pasting it in the Rumble chat. I want to see if that works. What if I do that? Does it work? Oh, I do see stuff from Rumble, but I don't, I don't know if the link is going through. Uh, bam, 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 but uh, yes, please uh, support everything. Join the Discord there. Uh, it's a very, very good Discord. Uh, comfy cozy discord uh register to be notified uh <laughs> that that bar up close is hilarious i've just i've just noticed that wesley snipes has got finger up as well. <laughs> he's not he's not quite uh in it now motherfuckers in, in his uh in his pose that's very good uh of course shout out to uh yeah the sponsors and sports page you can go there um, Chris as well doing great work uh, making a public access science more sciencey looking um, than the dojo which is literally literally the guerrilla war front of this of this operation so uh, bear you have to you have to sort of juxtapose the two I'm afraid it's that these topsy-turvy times that we live in all right so uh, what what were we gonna do so uh, oh yes this is the poster I can Give this to you, Chris, um, for the event in Texas. Boom. And uh, let's go from there to uh, we've got some uh, spike shades. Is that too loud, that music? I can't, I can't tell if it's... To me it sounds quiet. But... Um, this one's been doing the rounds. Uh, apparently this was quite a famous Keep Fit dude. I'm not surprised he looks uh, in shape. Um, Doug Bicknell. I have enough confidence in vaccine based on my research to get it done. Those of you who think the vaccine kills people can use me as a test if i die you were right if i don't die 
and have no ill effects, you were wrong and should admit it, or at least to yourselves. But yet, you should admit that you were misled and tell the world who misled you so other people can benefit by avoiding those fear monsters. You had enough? Uh, I can't see who that was, but uh, thank you, thank you for the... Uh, I don't know. Just give me a second to log back in so I know who that was. So thank you. Um, but uh, yeah, bodybuilder and fitness author Doug Wignall has uh, stepped into the breach. He's become a Shaheed, a spike Shaheed. That's right, folks. He's gone where others have feared to tread. His. Uh, his his uncertainties beforehand crushed by Allah's will. There you go. Uh, passed away at 63. And look, I don't think you get to look like that without really, really stacking steroids. I just don't. And uh, not that I'm against steroids personally, but um, they do put you at risk for heart, you know, sort of shifts the needle as it were so can we say definitively that he's a spike shaheed not really but we'll take it we'll take it and uh, oh that was mary in uh, texas thank you thank you thank you uh even if he hadn't died he was still wrong uh yet again this comes down to ethics medical ethics and you know there's a great discussion yesterday uh with anthony and just to just to hammer home you know the weapons that you do have available to you you can you can go and well it depends if you're uh, um uh, if you're in the commonwealth i guess but um i imagine it's you know anglo-saxon law and i believe we have another shaheed here so let's let's see this the Vigilant Fox. Uh, Haitian singer collapses on stage, dies suddenly. Holy shit, man. They go down like sacks of spuds. <laughs> Let's watch that one again. You hear him. You hear him hit the floor. I guess because he's, he's got a mic on or something. We salute that Shahid stepping into the breach where others won't. So that now Schwab can eat steaks and the stakeholders can be happy. Um, there just seem to be... Uh, were there all these people collapsing before? <laughs> was, it, was it just something that we're just... Uh, you're just paying attention to it. Apparently, if you open your eyes, there are people falling down left, right and centre all around you. you just got to... You should be just stepping over the fallen bodies. A performance by <laughs> And let the bodies hit the floor. Yeah. That's funny, man. Well, not funny, but... I wonder at that point, right, like 30, 40 seconds before, he's feeling some indigestion maybe. 
a bit, bit gassy down there. You know, what, what does that feel like? I mean, he obviously felt well enough to go up on stage. Um, and, what is it, 41 years old. I mean, that's young for a heart attack. It, it really is on the lower end of the scale, so... Hey, 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 hey. all right, enough of the jihad music. Um... I didn't mean it to be funny. Well, it kind of is funny. It's it's absurdly funny watching this. And let's and again, these these would be anecdotal cases. But when does anecdotes suddenly start crossing over into correlation, and correlation start being a causative uh, event? And I'm presuming, I, I, well, again, I'm, I, I don't want to make the presumption, so we're going to look at some data um, in this, that um, we, we should be very, very careful about just making assumptions about the disease profile of SARS because we, we're still figuring it out, and we'll look at some data that says um, it's not um, it's not just spike proteins that you have to be worried about, and that's something that I've tried to emphasize uh, a lot um especially in the well <laughs> for a long time it's um it's all all of the peptides and uh, they all multifunctional um before we get there though um more necrosis uh, of interest now um i had to look up uveal it means the um vascular layout that's that's how i learned it of the um the eyeball itself but a 49 year old indian male presented with rapidly progressive vision loss one day after receiving the second dose of bnt 162b2 mrna coronavirus disease vaccine the eye had secondary angle closure glauco uh, glaucoma bullous retinal detachment and massive intraocular hemorrhage ultrasound showed an ill-defined subretinal mass with moderate internal reflectivity now he might have lived from this uh, I'm guessing. Histopathology showed a necrotic melanocytic lesion arising from the posterior edge of the ciliary body and choroid necrotic ovule melanoma was confirmed after expert histopathology opinion. Uh, ovule melanomas can rarely present with tumor necrosis following. Uh, I guess you have to always put these caveats um, by your... Um, your papers now um <laughs> vaccines 100 percent safe and effective and uh, it's kind of odd looking uh figure there almost looks like there's a face you see that sort of alien face peering from uh the back of the eyeball there um <laughs> let's see you <laughs> Jesus, why me eye? You'll have someone's eye out with that. You'll have someone's eye out. I don't think this Shahid died. This was a this was a partial effort. He needs to try harder next time. <laughs> I think you'd live from that. They 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 whip the eyeball out real quick. They can, you'd be surprised what they can do through that hole. Um, Let's just see if he did. Uh, he went inoculation. Yes, they took out his eye, and um, there we go. Uh, filled with blood. 
And yeah, there we go. Um, but you know, consistent with what we've seen already, uh, necrosis, clotting, abnormal clotting. Um, and yeah, just, I don't know, man. Like, as a neuroscientist, I've you know I've, I can sit through most things, but when it when it involves the eye, right? I've sat through many a lecture, not many, but um, lectures that involve surgeries on eyes. Ah, oh, I don't know, man. It just creeps me out when you see like the the after surgeries and the I don't they put like stitches in the eyeball and. Uh, Medley uh, Swisher says, "Blimey, Kev, just about to have me tea." Yeah, I, I get, I get the, the sentiment, man. It's um, it's pretty, uh, pretty gross looking, but it's it's rumple working. Is it is it crashed out again? And uh, um, um, yeah, rumble's rumble's uh, doing good, picking up. Uh, picking up viewers so um all right let us move on because i want to i want to bash through these and we'll come back to them later in the week maybe but this uh this paper caught my attention uh role of spike in the pathogenic and antigenic behavior of sars-cov-2 ba1 omicron now um what's the quick takeaway from this paper well what they do is they take the original wuhan strain and put essentially doing gain of function research and put the omicron spike on it now um if you want my opinion we need to just stop this now could is that something that can happen in the wild yes absolutely is it something that we could make predictions about and about in infectivity and um how dangerous it could be yes do we need to keep pumping money into these laboratories to keep making these manipulations because the more labs that you have doing this the more chance there is of escape and as we know there's just uh, they've ramped up the number of uh, bsl3 and uh, four um laboratories and this is boston university but anyway let's let's quickly just blast through the at the abstract so um the recently identified global predominant sars-cov-2 omicron variant ba1 is highly transmissible even in fully vaccinated individuals and i have to say the gaslighting that's going on on uh twitter right now where all the uh <laughs> all the uh how should we say believers in the technology of saying oh god we never said it would stop transmission oh god even polio it doesn't stop transmission um but you know the internet doesn't forget and you but who doesn't forget biden you know being one of those people saying you know and people are going to listen to the president of the united states no matter how much of a bumbling retard he is uh, there have been more lab escapes than there have been natural pandemics yeah i'm i'm leaning into that um and mark saying the only reason they have so many labs is to increase the odds of a leak they want the accident yes yeah i i i have to agree at this point we must we must have a global moratorium on this stuff till we can sort out the people that are involved 
and the networks that are involved, at least, and then find some way to do it. <laughs> I don't know. Fuck it off to Antarctica or on like a oil drilling platform, deep sea oil drilling platform out in the middle of nowhere where there's not even any fish. We can poison the waters <laughs> going down for a mile just so that there's no uh, no no chance of um, it catching a uh, uh, passing shallow of... Uh, what, what, tuna. That's what everyone eats. The Omicron spike protein with an unusually large number of mutations is con considered the major driver of these phenotypes. We generated chimeric recombinant SARS-CoV-2 encoding the S gene of Omicron in the backbone of ancestral SARS-CoV-2 isolate and compared this virus with naturally circulating Omicron variant. The Omicron S-bearing virus robustly escapes vaccine-induced humoral immunity, mainly due to mutations in the receptor binding motif. Yet, unlike naturally occurring Omicron, efficiently replicates in cell lines and primary-like distal lung cells in humanized mice, while Omicron causes mild, non-fatal infection. The Omicron S-carrying virus inflicts severe disease with a mortality rate of 80%. This indicates that while vaccine escape of Omicron is defined by mutations in S, major determinants of viral pathogenicity reside outside of S spike protein. Now, this is a, this is a well, it's it's not something that again wasn't predicted. We know this from first principles, and so they've just made an eighty percent lethal SARS in these humanized mice and again it's a model system doesn't necessarily translate to humans but <laughs> that's that's some gain of function right there 80% lethality <laughs> Jesus Jesus what can I, can I just say Fuck these gaffers! what else do I have just to uh, just to show that I'm not happy not this time not this fucking time no, 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 Gert van den Bosch's domain, right? But the, by um, forcing immune escape via these gene transfections, you open up the chances of there being this recombination event. And we're all, we're, well, well, potentially the, the damage that could arise from that could be very, very high and debilitating now again this well we're already seeing um the excess deaths as we discussed in the last stream but in in this instance um you know we spent a lot of time speaking about the spike protein and uh, like i say i like to think about the uh, all the other proteins and especially the um well the amyloidogenic ones the e protein we're going to look at the e protein in a minute the channel ionophore and something that i've said you know that's your that's your framework for a dread type binary weapon in this instance 
right? Once once you've got access to um, voltage gradients over membranes, and you can you can target them with specific, uh, you know, generally inert molecules. Might even be something really innocuous like titanium dioxide, something like that. I don't know if that passed the blood-brain barrier, but um, doesn't the back bivalent vax like this? Uh, in in what sense that it it pushes more more immune escape potentially? Yeah, I mean I I don't see why not, and um, um, essentially you're forcing it to make new iterations of itself. Now, how much your again your adaptive and innate immunity can sort of reconcile that? And, you know, we hope that there's this critical stage where the protein is sort of beginning to be expressed and uh, the T cells can come in and sort of blast any uh, any cells that get infected. But like I say, what we what we're seeing is that, um, well, I, I suppose we have to really, really define what's immune evading if it's vaccine evading or if it's immune evading. And my take is that, that we're seeing people getting infected two, three times now. More. And it it's potentially cumulative. Uh, let's see. Where did Omicron come from? Is it apparently would have taken 10 years for Delta to mutate to that point? Um well, it either came from a lab, some rodent experiment, that's that's the suspicion, or it was driven into that state by um, the use of these uh, the gene transfection technologies. That's that's the working hypotheses that we have. Otherwise, otherwise the the rules and laws that they've stitched up for molecular biology and genomics, etc., may as well just be um, trash. Might as well just rip them, rip them all up. Um, now, I don't, I don't know what amazing figures this would have. I mean, like the the big the big data is that there's this massive increase in mortality. Um, you know. Perhaps I'll go and, uh, you know, maybe this is something, the paper that Jonathan would like to sort of sink his teeth into. Um, but, you know, my contention has always been it's not just the spike. Um, it's the... <laughs> <laughs> Clinical score. Dead. Oof. Now, um, you know, there's, there's actually a lot in this paper. Um, I wish I could give it more time. Um, how am I? How am I doing for time? Let me just uh, do this. Uh, let me do this. I do. Um, so, what, what, what more can I take from that paper without, without delving really, really deep into it? Just, 
the take home is that yeah swap take the wuhan original strain put on omicron and uh you've basically so it means it means that the total not totality but then the functional changes that have happened within the whole of the genome must have must have attenuated as well so i guess now it comes down to what, what how much of the potent strain is out there and in the current environment i wouldn't be surprised to see them injecting uh more uh you know <laughs> wuhan wuhan og strain too mp says so if it's the shots mutating it to omicron uh then wouldn't that mean they worked in a way as it made it milder yeah i guess you could you could argue that but would that would that have happened without the vaccines could virus be reactivating versus catching again um i think there's combinations of both and again in biology that's it's, it's very rarely just one thing there's many many factors that will come in um is data even reliable anymore i don't know yeah i i, I don't know i mean yes there must I, I can't believe that it's all rotten we can see that there's certain aspects of it that has been uh very much co-opted and is being abused right now for sure but i still th i still think that there's generally um people who are doing the science now for what whatever reason that they're doing it that i'm hoping that they're doing the best job that they can that's that's my hope and you know something a result like this tells me that you know this is a careful study you, you don't get such a drastic change in um, experimental preparations unless there's something really really wrong with the labs set up and I would have to presume that they've made the proper controls necessary to confirm their result now 80% lethality is Jesus that's uh, that's up there with uh, your worst nightmare fuel that that would that would that would literally shut everything down were that the case and in in an, in a situation like that it may be that that you know they've they've gaslit the public to such an extent that people will say ah we don't believe you anymore and then already this thing will rip through or most people will say it'll trust trust in the uh gene transfection technologies now if something something that was rolling around with 80% lethality and i don't know uh, our early interventions were weren't working so well i don't i don't know what but i would probably have to reassess my stand not standing but my calculation with respect to what what do you do in this in this instance you either batten down the hatches for a year and live off tin food that you can uv irradiate before you before you touch it um and i don't know like i say it's um maybe this has been put out there just to spook people but i'm i wouldn't 
I'm inclined not to think that. I, I, I'm inclined to believe that such a striking result would, well, other people should be testing it. That that would be my take. Well, anyway, what's the next paper I had? I had um, a second functional furin site in SARS-CoV-2 spike protein. <laughs> so, uh, you're listening, Charles. So, um, how old's this one? Uh, that's old, but I saw it in the Discord. So, um, the ubiquitously expressed proteolytic enzyme furin is closely related to the pathogenesis of SARS and uh, also its engineering and therefore represents a key target for antiviral therapy. Based on bioinformatic analysis and pseudovirus tests, we discovered a second functional furin site located in the spike protein. Furin still increased the infectivity of mutated SARS-CoV-2 pseudovirus 2932T sorry, ACE2 cells, when the canonical polybasic cleavage site was deleted. However, K814A mutation eliminated the enhancing effect of furin on virus infection. Furin inhibitor prevented infection by 682686 deleted SARS-CoV-2 in 293 ACE2 furin cells, but not the K814A mutant. K814A mutation did not affect the activity of the transmembrane serine protease and cathepsin, cathepsin, L, but did not, but did impact the cleavage of S2 into S2 prior and cell-cell fusion. Additionally, we showed that dysfunctional furin site exists in RATG13. Now, I think that there's a lot of uh, sketchy science around RATG13. Um, it's t timed release that's being uh, used to sort of cover up and say that there was a progenitor to SARS, uh, SARS-CoV-2. And... Um, did did those people, the Wuhan Institute of Virology, did they know the furin cleavage sites that they'd put in? And how much is this secondary furin cleavage site playing into um, this this other paper? And I say, I guess we'd have to go through these and uh, with a fine tooth comb to see if there's anything that um, approximates an answer, but. Um, Again, I would, uh, I might, I might just, uh, might just be wearing a mask on that plane, folks. We're going to be rebreathing uh, everyone's air, all in cattle class. Um, especially if the plane is backed, I bet it is. Um, I've got to be fucking 20 hours in airports and God knows what. <laughs> Can I have a whole stack of K95s? Who remembers that, um, preacher dude i went on his stream that was literally right at, at a mass shortage time was uh pimping out masks to raise money for his congregation what was his name anyone remember that ah god damn it are we streaming no no it's the comments not moving can't tell if it's broken or not uh, as, a, as the stream broke are we live it says live are people people talking and chatting there? Someone trigger the chat. Yeah, okay. It's it says live. Thank you. Um, yeah, thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, okay. Uh, yes, yes. It's it's actually one of the better indicators that I have that a stream has crashed that the chat doesn't move. <laughs> and I'm like, oh god. 
So anyway, second fearing cleavage site. So um, all these things, keep in mind that, um, that there's plenty that they could find. And black swan events pop up in the coming months. So keep that in mind. And as we, um, and I've, I gave, uh, you know, quite a detailed stream about this potential, um, about the envelope protein and, and acting as an ionic ball. Um, and in this instance, I guess someone's actually gone and done, is this a computational study? Um, Let's see. You know what? It's got the uh, it's got the hint of um, computation. Oh no! No, they have done some some actual experiments. But you know what? Are, what are we? What are we looking at here? Let me just see if I can find a envelope. Protein. So these are just little channel pores, calcium channels. And we, who was I speaking? Was it again yesterday? We were speaking about calcium release and the internal dynamics of a cell holds calcium and regulates it very, very tightly. And if you've got something in there that's um, inserting its own calcium ion pores, uh, especially into the sort of Golgi, the endoplasmic reticulum, and it's um, it's feeding out calcium for itself. Um, it would cause all kinds of um, dysregulation. Just want to see if we can find a picture of the E protein. Is that? Uh, envelope protein but anyway they're on the surface and again the the virus has to maintain ionic concentration like anything biological everything again is charged and you want to balance those charges and uh, to maintain your homeostasis it's the same for a virus as it is for a bacteria as it is for a planarium to uh, to you um, how they use that charge uh, will be very uh, species specific, but um, what's this? Farmer Jones is promoting another Karen Kingston stupid Peter's video proof COVID-19 is a parasitic nano weapon. Yeah, I, again, I, I would be very careful about using what language that you use. says I'm here I can hear you alive then the issue is settled uh, okay okay yeah all right so I'm up to date there so I'm gonna do the primate paper I'm gonna do this one in a little bit more detail till till I hear from Charles um, we, this is the main paper it's monkeys it's my bread and butter and um, this is one of the pathways that I've tried to highlight from the beginning since SARS emerged on the scene, which is this um, transfection via the olfactory bulb which, uh, and, of course, the accessory nerve. And it'll travel along those nerve fibers into limbic regions. 
of the central nervous system. Olfactory is incredibly, incredibly ancient system and hooks into some really, really deep reflexes. Um, tires? What, what, what? I'm just playing. Uh, uh, play away. Uh, so long as I can see the chat rolling, I'm not fast. Just no, uh, no spam adult bots. Adult dating bots. All right, so let's get into this paper. So this is from UC Davis. They have a big uh, primate colony there. SARS-CoV-2 infects neurons and induces neuroinflammation in a non-human primate model of COVID-19. Now, a bit late to the party with this, but... Um, is there a summary and then no, that's that abstract so SARS-CoV-2 the etiologic agent of coronavirus disease can induce a plethora of neurological complications in some patients however it's still under debate if SARS-CoV-2 directly infects the brain or if CNS sequelae result from systemic inflammatory responses triggered in the periphery using high resolution microscopy we investigate whether SARS-CoV-2 reaches the brain and how viral neurotropism can be modulated by aging in a non-human primate model of COVID-19 Seven days after infection, SARS-CoV-2 was detected in the olfactory cortex and interconnected regions accompanied by robust neuroinflammation, neuronal damage, exacerbated in aged, diabetic animals. Our study provides an initial framework for identifying the molecular and cellular mechanisms under underlying SARS-CoV-2 neurological complications, which will be essential to reducing both the short and long-term burden of COVID-19. Will it? All right, so um, let's see. I, I should probably do this. I'm keeping an eye out for Charles. Uh, we're all communists now, comrade. Some just call themselves neocon or democrat. Yeah, maybe. Maybe, maybe. All right. Uh, yeah, we know all about... Uh, respiratory gastrointestinal um, I'll try to just pick up a good place to pick off or start from it so in addition to respiratory and gastrointestinal symptoms commonly caused by other coronaviruses SARS-CoV-2 infection is accompanied by a myriad of neurological presentations in up to 80% of hospitalized patients and 30% of individuals who come into contact with it have some form of prolonged symptom expression there's your incapacitating agent in addition to reductions in grey matter thickness and tissue contrast observed through in vivo imaging, considering the high degree of homology between SARS-CoV-2 and the other coronaviruses with demonstrated neurotropic potential, including SARS-CoV-1 and MERS-CoV, there is a critical need to determine if a direct infection of the central nervous system by SARS-CoV-2 is the underlying mechanism for the neuronal symptoms in COVID-19. Direct examination of post-mortem brain samples from COVID-19 patients has yielded contradictory results with several studies reporting the positive detection of viral RNA in the CNS, although others found low or undetectable viral RNA levels. These variations underscore the need for animal models that may allow us to probe SARS-CoV-2 behavior in a more controlled environment with rhesus macaques uh, showing great potential as a platform for scientific discovery in COVID-19. These animals have extensive similarities with human immunological responses and have already significantly contributed to defining the safety and effectiveness of SARS-CoV-2 vaccines, uniquely positioning them to help us understand the effects of COVID-19 in the CNS. 
Considering the above, the California National Primate Research Center has launched an ongoing effort to comprehensively characterize SARS-CoV-2 infection in macaques, including its neurotropic potential. In this study, we aim to establish if SARS-CoV-2 can be detected in the brains of rhesus monkeys during the acute phase of the infection by employing high-resolution 3D confocal microscopy combined with extensive morphometric analysis using semi-automated object segmentation. Mmm, fancy. Towards that goal, we intranasally and intratrachially inoculated young, healthy rhesus monkeys, four to six years old. Uh, remember, that's the age that they tested the vaccines in and said, bah, no problem. Uh, with a high dose of SARS-CoV-2 and euthanized the animals at seven days post-infection. Additionally, to better understand how age and comorbidities may contribute to CNS infection, we included an additional cohort of type 2 diabetic aged monkeys, 18 to 24 years old. Yeah, that's more like it. Uh, N equals 4, subject to the same experimental design. Non-infected age-matched animals without uh, type 2 diabetes, uh, young to age 2. And with type 2 diabetes young, N equals 1. Wow, they've really... <laughs> Got messy, messy bunch of cohorts here. Well, and you know, it's the issue in these primate centers is you know, things like models like trying to get um, is this similar to what we're planning to do with rats? Yes, but with vaccines. But I will, I will expose them to SARS like proteins or SARS proteins, spike protein, E protein. Nuclear capsid protein. You can get all the um, you can get all the proteins as sort of um, little uh, products now. So you know we can we can deliver them into the into the prep. Just because my my hunch right now is there's there's a combination between synthetic spike and exposure to the other repertoire of um, spike uh, sorry viral proteins. Uh, let's see. Uh, regarding gain of function, morphic resonance, you make it once and it's easier to make. Yeah, yeah. Maybe. Let's see. Notably, at the time of brain analysis, COVID-19 clinical signs of infection were generally mild and did not require intervention. More details in Shan Lakshmanapa. Uh, 2021 and Rompe 2021. A summary of the antibodies used in this study can be found in Fig S1. Uh, this this thing with supplemental figures, man. Why? All right. So their results. Let's do this and let's do this and this. data yeah very fancy um so, uh, all right blue new n ib i'd have to remind myself which ones they're picking out with each uh each one of these labels Nuclear capsid is N nuclear capsid. So 
the initial immunohistochemical labeling of SARS-CoV-2 nucleocapsid protein N is red. Yes. In the frontal lobe revealed substantial immunoreactivity to SARS-CoV-2 nucleocapsid, demonstrating the presence of viral proteins in the brain within seven days of inoculation. For the purpose of this section, results are reported in the piriform cortex, as this cortical area showed the highest immunohistochemical signal in preliminary results. So, ooh, piriform cortex. Where is that? It's part of the olfactory cortex. So, you know, like the brain is like, bit like a boxing glove right and it would be on like the inside of the thumb here and again um underneath that would be hippocampus amygdala and then um you've got uh, basal ganglia as well and those those regions project very very strongly to basal ganglia now i noticed that they said orbitofrontal cortex as well and I I would wager that is it orbital frontal cortex? Yeah, orbital frontal cortex. Now, what's the mode of transmission from orbital frontal cortex from piriform cortex? It's either gone through the cortical layers, or it's gone through um, basal ganglia. And as these are Ah, uh, you know, we'd have to really look at the fiber tract projections. Yeah, why wouldn't there be strong uh, fiber tracts between that region and that region? Okay. And if we hone in on this so this is young and this is aged and you can see that there's far more red which is the nucleocapsid and the other stains are for various neuronal elements and GFAP and NUN are for astrocytes and glial cells if I remember glial fibrillary acidic protein New N, new N, new N. Staining. Antineuronal, okay. I presume that's neurons then. IBA1, IBA1. Microglia, so that's microglial activation. Good to know. Um, so, yeah, that's actually a good uh, figure to compare the these green panels. So microglia is something that we're very, very suspicious of, uh, particularly for long, long hauler type events. And this oh, fancy 3D plotting, 3D volume plotting. If I can make that bigger. 
So piriform cortex, olfactory tubercle, entorhinal cortex, orbitofrontal cortex. And so in piriform cortex, there's um, some, but much more in aged and barely any in the other cortical regions. So just the olfactory tubercle and some some in the aged macaque piriform entorhinal cortex. So I can't remember. So entorhinal cortex, I think, sits it's either in front or behind. Uh, yeah, it's I think it's in front of and yeah. So you have entorhinal cortex, then piriform cortex as part of the sort of medial wall of that that glove glove part of your brain. If that if that makes sense. That so, you know, that's I would say that's the majority of their data there. Would they add much more? Um aged Ah, they've switched around the colours. Why did? Why would you do that? <laughs> why would you do that? Uh, terrible. Um, all right. So, Dappy HLADR. What's HLADR? This I don't know. Anti what? Anti what? Produced, yeah, rabbit monoclonal with human, mm, yeah, but human what? Anti HLA. Synthetic peptide with human HLA antibodies, come on. It's not very, not very informative. I wish I could be more informative for this paper, but this, you know, it shows, I, I would have to go away now and, uh, dig that up why they would be looking at that all right so we have to find um hladdr Similar pattern of activation was detected for microglia as measured by the fraction of IBA1 plus cells co-expressing the class 2 major histocompatibility complex surface receptor. Oh, so it's the MHC. Um, okay. Okay. Um, it would have been nice if they kept it closer to the uh, MHC. It would have been easier to pull out. But uh, we know what the... So those proteins are what are basically expressing to the outside, hey, this is what I'm making right now. So um, there we go. These results suggest a robust inflammatory response 
in SARS-CoV-2 infection that mobilizes both astrocytic and microglial cascades. Yeah, this is something that we knew already. And of course, we don't have access to the S4. We don't have access to the supplemental data. Well, maybe we do. No. So you know, what have what have we what have we learned from this? Nothing again. Nothing that we didn't know already. Um, it's just nice to see it reproduced in you know if you if the will was there, you could do a hundred monkeys if you wanted to and start testing stuff. And I'm you know it's a, it's, a, it's a gold standard that we use and should always use. And well, <laughs> I, I say that, but then you you have uh, fraud taking place, like you did with the uh, the Pfizer studies. Uh, COVID can affect you neurologically. Never had that with the flu, but the flu can do it as well. Um, don't it, it, flu is classed as a neurotropic agent. Now, does it does it do it to the extent that SARS does? And I would say no particularly looking at what we see as the long-term effects, right? the PASC, long COVID, whatever you want to call it, the incapacitated phase. And, the, you know, the problem is that uh, any insult and injury to the brain just takes a long time to recover from. And if you're in a situation where the... So this goes back to the really early work in... SARS where they found out in, in the brain organoids that the virus would get into a neuron and start replicating but very slowly and then would sort of spit out copies of itself and impact the surrounding support structures like the astrocytes and the, the glial cells and the um, oh, what's the uh, that's late eh, quarter past three and I'm trying to ligodendrocytes and the once the support network breaks down then the neuron is going to be more more susceptible to being able to churn out these well it lacked as a reservoir and you know i'm like i've said from the beginning you go impacting these limbic structures these are these are the areas that are the drivers of neuropsychiatric disorders as we understand them in in the current context limbic 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 once your limbic system is messed up you become you can become manic you can become depressed all sorts of um symptomology can can express from it and it and again that you can find that a similar insult in one person can lead to radically different symptoms once you start operating within the neuronal level but just because of the inherent complexity and the you know the interaction with environment how the person has grown up etc um it's it's a minefield it's why the neurology books are always massive tomes and they they take you know, they'll take ends of wands as case studies in neurology just because it's an accepted fact of this complexity. Uh, let's see. 
Let's see. JC's theory is that COVID is harmless and faded back into the coronavirus swarm. Kev still thinks in terms of variants, COVID is a single novel virus that's spreading. Now, uh, let's let's be more uh, sophisticated than that. Um, that there is a um, number of peptide sequences. And like I say, if, if what we're seeing with Omicron is... A, what looks like a deattenuation of the most severe components. So you take you take the spike of Omicron, you put it back onto the Wuhan strain, and it then becomes a super potent um, strain with eighty uh, percent kill rate. And the why is there such contrast there? I wish there was more dialogue between JC and Kev. Also, find it strange that JC has on guests like Walt Chestnut that thinks Kevin thinks COVID will kill everyone. Um, well, I mean, I do speak with JC. I mean, that's just um, I, I we'll we'll find out this winter because you could you could make the argument that under normal circumstances it, it we would expect normal swarm dynamics but we're not right now we are seeing excess death and again how much how much is a combination of just the gene transfection the virus the 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 point at which it catches you the like i say we looked at some classic shahids today where people are walking along pretty normal and then whack they're, they're face planting into the concrete um these are these are these were the footage that you were seeing coming out of wuhan at the start of the the outbreak all these people just collapsing in the street etc and who knows what the chinese had rolled out if especially if they knew it was circulating early and they did, they had vaccines ready to roll. So again, I I still think that there's a, a long way to go this 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 winter in the northern hemisphere. Now now that the intervention, the medical countermeasure, has taken a hold, and you know it may maybe they come out on top. I don't know. My my gut instinct right now is to sit back and watch. Watch what happens. Uh, Lisa G says the immune system is not too strong inside the nervous system. No, it's not. Um, it's what's called an immunoprivileged region. And your microglia are the sort of foot soldiers of the um, central nervous system's immune system. Now, if it gets really bad, you get infiltrating um, T cells and monocytes, etc. But you don't... You do, at that point, like your blood brain barrier is just basically turning to mush. And that's something that we see with SARS, right? The, the breakdown of the, the parasites that line the vascular, the fine vasculature. And that's, that's essentially what the blood brain barrier is at that point. And the gap junctioned uh, tight cells of the epithelium, endothelium, sorry. So, you know, what's what's what are we trying to get to here? Which is there's still there's still a 
depend it's risk stratified so the older and more compromised the monkeys and these are these are old monkeys 18 to 24 now you now you're really starting to push the uh the boundaries like the and i've known monkeys that have hit 29 30 and but they're the old old um they're literally just still alive because someone comes and feeds them um so you know risk stratification that we see here the young are less at risk but there's still some brain invasive component impacting the the young animals now they did do a younger um younger diabetic right just looking for that young control young infected aged control where's their diabetic they just mix them up. Yeah, I don't see. Yeah, I don't. I don't see them making much distinctions about um, diabetic, just aged. But they were. They did say a, a young, a young diabetic. So what do we have here? So um, they've got a circuit diagram. So their primary olfactory cortex, um, factory tubercle, piriform cortex, and EC. EC. Rear enterrhinal cortex, rostral, rostral enterrhinal cortex. That's what that will be. Um, so they're making the presumption that these are cortico cortico synapses, it would seem, to orbitofrontal cortex. And um, what was HFCA? That was hippocampal formation, maybe. Yeah, so um, so they're indicating travel down axons, and then glial cells, I guess getting impacted, I guess by circ circulating virus. Is that what that is? Is that what they're trying to indicate with this? That's not such a clear, clear diagram. Olfactory bulb, olfactory tubercle, piriform cortex, enterrhinal cortex, layer one, two, three, four, and five. Okay. Yeah, I guess I guess they're trying to indicate blood vessels here. And then double-stranded RNA is the indicator of um, replicating replicating vesicles. Oh, sorry, virus. And then spike, spike traveling down and in, impacting these orbitofrontal cortex. They're not, they're not showing um, the double-stranded RNA in orbitofrontal cortex. And no, well, some nuclear capsid. But 
piriform cortex seems to be the major site. And I just I just wonder why they just looked at cortex. I, I would have... Um, oh, I'm just a basal ganglion there, that's why. But yeah, that, that there is their summary. And, uh, you know, but do I have reasons to doubt that data? No, it's consistent with what we've seen clinically. Uh, it's consistent with other primate studies. Um, bravo to them for using... Um, actual aged uh, animals in this instance um, and yeah we we should we should have more you know <laughs> why not test uh, you know what's it called ivermectin or uh, hydroxychloroquine in these instances we've got a reproducible test platform here that's what they're for and the fact that they weren't being used and the fact that they were, we were relying on messy epidemiological data and uh, things like surgisphere scandals getting in the way, when these these studies should have been out within weeks. And we're just getting, well, not just getting, but there's just been a slow drip of the primate studies, which again, in, in my mind, it's the model that you have to use because it's the one closest to um, humans. You don't you don't have to um, genetically alter them with uh, as, like you do the humanized uh, rodents. That was it, the K eighteen HS HS two mice. So I again, I'm um, highlights macaques. SARS-CoV-2 is found in olfactory brain areas at seven days post-infection. I say, and seven days is still relatively early, so you could expect more propagation. So actually, we stage with rabies a week per neuronal network. So primary, secondary, tertiary, right? And so you'll you give the rabies injection. Wait one week, you'll you'll get your primary network. You wait the two weeks, secondary, third. Then it just starts um, jumping from hemisphere to hemisphere, and at that stage, the animal really starts to lose it. I mean, I mean like in terms of temperament, and you know they become difficult to handle. Uh, neurons initially the primary target of SARS-CoV-2 productive infection, uh, which is not what other data has said. Uh, NeuroCOVID is accompanied by robust neuroinflammation and vascular disruption, which is, I guess, what they're trying to indicate with uh, this dotted diagram here. And uh, SARS-CoV-2 brain pathology is worsened by aging and diabetes and in infected monkeys. And, you know, we would, um, we would expect that. So I'm, uh, I'm about done with, um, my papers that I had. Uh, let me just try and ping Charles again. Let me let me just try calling him, see if he picks up. But you know, again, what what am I trying to do? I don't read these papers before looking at them. It's it's you're watching me read through them and try to get a sort of handle on. Um, the data as as I come across it for the first time, and now we've we've sort of built a picture, and we can go back and we can say, ah, oh, yeah, we we've seen this before, and we're we're building up a picture with um, the pathology. And again, I don't I don't think we've learned anything radically new. I'm just happy that um, well, UC Davis should have been on this right from the beginning, 
and um, to to be waiting this long is kind of sad. Two and a half years in, but you know, maybe it takes time to get uh, aged diabetic monkeys to fit the profile. I don't know. Maybe some died, and they don't tell you about it. <laughs> everything everything works perfect in the study they write out. All right, so excuse me. Uh, let's see. Uh, let's see. The doc second stream. Everyone's sub to it too, in case this one goes down. Yeah, uh, doc has two active channels right now. Um, Rupert Sheldrake is a crackpot. Um, no, I don't. I don't think so. I think he's someone who's thought very deeply about biology and. Um, you know, I would maybe question the distance of the morphogenetic field as he describes it. But in terms of the body, I, I think very much so that there is this morphogenetic field. or, or That's electrogenetic field is a, is a better way of um, thinking about it. And the... You know, which comes first? And, you know, it's chicken and the egg problem. And what, you, you can't have one without the other. And I, I don't know. What was first? Charge, I guess. The differential. The differential breakage in symmetry such that you would get charge. And then charge begins to organize. We know that plasma is inherently self-organizing. So long as it can maintain um, some sort of boundary condition and you get double layers and um, the shuttling across I forget the what they called and the Z pinches and the or pinches I guess um, but all, all that kind of stuff I think um, we need to we need to encompass that in a, a if we're going to try and understand next generation biology because it's not just it's not just the wet chemistry it, the, the biology doesn't make sense and like I say if I if I was to make a prediction what I what I think you'll see is extended field structures that go from so you'll have very coherent structure inside the cell and you know we could get into discussions about the microtubulin etc and if that's the substrate upon which computational is occurring it's a um, compelling uh, interesting hypothesis but I think there are other layers to it and the other layers are um, the, the external ionic layer and that ionic layer by definition is just going to extend that bit further than the, than the physical structure itself and in doing so, it, it's going to be able to impact and, and change the field in its in its neighboring environment. Now, is that the genetic genetic electromorpho field, whatever you want to call it? Maybe. And I think in I think in the nervous system that it's most dynamic there. That's where the energy resources are done. That's where the changes are most dynamic across um, cell membranes neuronal membranes and you know I've looked for the what what b could be considered spooky emergence between 
anatomically connected areas that we that we know are pretty close and basically sort of disrupted ionic transport such that you can like I say you can get abnormal behaviors and then recorded how long it takes or does or is the activity emergent in both hemispheres at the same time as far as we can tell but it's not there's always a lag so unless unless there's something much much faster going on and so you have to be talking so you've got a sample at least twice what you're um what you're trying to pin the signal on and so we would have to be looking at sort of gigahertz range sampling and uh, you know it could be done um it's not outside the realms of um biological possibility but at at the level where i was sampling where we see action potentials we see the canonical descriptors of electrical activity in the brain there's there's always it always seems to follow the classical anatomical descriptions right that there's a lag just through transmission through the axons and what what did i find i would find that there was a 25 millisecond differential between the limbic region of one hemisphere and the other and that's that's the in the domain of what they call gamma oscillations and that was that was about the fastest that i could get that region to sync up i guess so yeah i would i wouldn't i don't think i would call him a crackpot um maybe just ahead of his time uh, let's see. Uh, resonance, yes, says Karma Doc. Indeed. Uh, Doc, can you maybe recap and elaborate on what Dr. Keck told us yesterday from the Hermansky syndrome similarity? I, I'd never heard of Hermansky, uh, whatever, beyond with a P, syndrome before. Never heard of it. He he brought it to my attention. And just that, um, what, 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 um, what defined it? Albinism? Um, disorders of calcium signaling was one and um, in Polsky Hermansky Polsky syndrome something something like that and again I, I haven't heard of it and um, you know there's I only have so much bandwidth right and I'm right now my my mind is less in the working out the theoretical space and reading papers my mind is more about how am I going to be executing the experiments now I'm hoping between now and when I fly to the US that we'll be able to run just quick experiments just to work out the mechanics of receiving rats doing injections what do, will we see anything and yeah you know we may well you know do do we get a normal dose rats and then a quadruple triple dose regimen in in rats and then and then i want to see it see the effects in um disease model rodents and you know if there is if there is something in the rodent data i would i would maybe think about pushing towards getting primates but primates is such a logistical headache to do and do i really need to hurt more primates right now when you know the data is pretty clear 
There's plenty of plenty of human primates walking around right now. Uh, Crystal Shaman says, uh, Doc Kevin, see you. And happy Sunday, everyone. Yep, happy Sunday indeed. Uh, let me just see if anyone's, uh, if anyone, it's not the Jew today. No, you're all Ziju. Or maybe there's PayPal. I see there's an email. Come on. Come on. Uh, nothing. Nothing. All right. Um, and I guess no Charles either. Maybe he fell asleep. It's late. <laughs> all right. So I'll get to the comments and then I'll wrap it up. Uh, let's see. Covid can affect you neurologically. Oh, I did that one. Uh, Edward Day's Prophet says, "Where's my chat manners?" Greeting raccoons. Um, I've had neurological issues from viruses. Yeah, like I say, if whatever I had in my twenties, if that was Epstein Barr, <laughs> that messed me up, man. Uh, no, I don't. I don't think of Covid as a not a single novel virus. I don't. I, I buy the swarm idea. The the question is, do I think we understand the pathology in the swarm? No. No. That that would be that would be an absurd statement to, to make right now. Um can the COVID virus become dormant in a body similar to other viruses? Yes. Um the immune system is not that did that one. Um it was scary, couldn't function, slept a lot, poor memory, concentration, off balance. Well, I know how that feels. Um, could this bio-war be a very old program that's been running longer than we think? Could flu, cancer, etc. be part of the historical attacks? Nah. Nah, because just d disease is just inherent to its entropy of the system. Right? You have to die. You can't live forever. Right, the the universe learns and experiences itself through the new new generations. It, what you you would just become some what Schmeagel. What's what's the is that his name? What's what's this thing from uh, the Hobbit? Schmeagel, right? Is that that's his name? <laughs> my precious, ah! ah, my precious. Uh. I heard the spike from the shots is eradicated after seven to eight months. Whether that's true, I don't know. Um, so maybe the viral spike is the same. Um, it'll it'll depend on each each one, uh, each individual. Sorry, and your own mosaic that you've created with respect to the environment. Uh, let's see. That bivalent vax had the delta and omicron or alpha. I think I think the original Wuhan and Omicron. Uh, isn't the cold virus more than just the spike, though? Yeah. Uh, yes, I saw that footage. It mostly all got scrubbed from YouTube. Doc, why are the Chinese so obsessed with zero COVID? What do they know that we don't? Well, the fact that, um, like the other paper we were looking at here, um, role of spike in pathogenic and antigenic behavior is that the one um that you can take you can get recombination events that could make it incredibly lethal now 
again, you know, there's uh, how much of our sort of shared shared human immune experience is going to help get us through. Now, again, under normal circumstances, I would say um, I would I would just you know you just carry on right. That's life. No no one made exceptions for me when I was uh, first um, suffering with uh, long long viral sequelae. Um, do we do we rejig the world right now? And like I said, the only reason that I could think that they would do that is just that there are so many, so many people who who just get pulled into long hauler type states that they have to instantiate uh, universal basic income. And if that's the case, well, then it should be funded by the corporations that brought us to this state, and it should be. Um, it should be completely without strings that you know you can't you can't coerce people because they're they've no longer been able to achieve maximum potential you know like forcing them to have vaccines or gene transfection technologies uh says, well, I'm young and want to go to college, but I'm experiencing strong cognitive dissonance when I listen to various COVID media figures like Kev, JC, Walt McKern, and I can't decide if it's dangerous. Um, I, I, I think I sort of sit in the middle of that, which is, um, it, you know, it could be dangerous to you. And we've learned so much in the last two and a half years about how to mitigate. And early treatment is important. Must get that inflammation under control. And if you're young, we know that there's stratified risk. And so what, we, we're going to shut ourselves into the into bunkers and come out and feast on the, what's what's that movie, The Time Machine? The Eloy and the, what, what were the other ones? I can't remember. <laughs> um, there's, there's a dangerous element to SARS because of the engineering factor. And we don't know how that's going to react with the swarm. That's, that would be my take. And, you know, my, my concern about the pathology is the impact on the nervous system. Because once an inflammatory state is kicked off in there, it's very hard to bring it back under control. Uh, let's see. Enough to stall my life. Uh, don't stop living life, dude. Um, let's see. Did you find the brain fog lasted much longer even though it got better? I did. Yes, brain fog's bitch uh regular round tables would be great like twiv but for dissidents then you can all hash this stuff out a bit more yeah i, I mean I, I don't mind doing them and i'm hosting one next week what's worrying about this latest gain of function stuff is it's not too many steps from the original wuhan strain i'm inclined to believe uh eugenicist kaffers were aiming for an 80 percent mortality rate <laughs> maybe <laughs> maybe <laughs> Uh, Kev, you should host a table discussion debate discussing how much of a danger COVID presents. Thanks, and I'll stop spamming chat. Well, again, I would just answer: it's stratified risk. Stratified risk, and if you're if you're a robust twenty year old, what are the ch you know you could get hit by a car and be you know debilitated, or you might just shake it off. Um, such is the, such is the wonder of biology. Uh, Nancy says, 
my friend had all vaxes and all boosters and still got COVID. She said it was like a bad cold, but yet she still got the monoclonal antibodies, felt much better afterwards, but had some memory issues. Yeah, and, you know, it's it's kind of telling that they've removed the um, monoclonals from the therapy list. And I, want, I wonder why that is. I don't know. I don't know. But they're saying they weren't being as effective as any as previously. I mean, if, if maybe I guess. Why? But why can't they make up some? Well, I guess if you, if you're in a situation where it's de-attenuated, then why not? But the, again, we we get down into this uh, the the nitty gritty details of who's who's succumbing, and there's still excess death. And what's causing that? Uh, original Wuhan strain and Omicron is the bivalent booster. Oh yeah, good point. Yeah. <laughs> good point, dude. Yeah, Ross. Thank you. Yeah. So there's there's your recombination fuel, but it's not it's it's the spike, not the virus. So, yeah, it's it's Wuhan, rest of the virus, and Omicron spike that causes the problem. Uh, my biggest fear is releasing other gain-of-function viruses now that the whole system is disrupted and distracted. Yeah, you're in you're in war right now. Can anyone tell me what's going on in uh, in Ukraine? It just looks like that place has gone dark. Where have all the where have all the video footage gone? I don't see anything. And what about the what about the big build up of troops? Where's where's um where's that gone? Uh let's see. A lot of mush brain drivers on the freeway. Yes. Well we know traffic accidents increased uh once the uh pandemic kicked in. My grandpa died of a blood clot two days after his vaccine. Yeah. Uh my local hospital has 50-ish workers in quarantine and they're trying to make PCR hip again. Um, yeah, that's why I wanted to speak to Charles because Charles has... Uh, where did I put it? Uh, I mean, he's, he's obviously sleeping, but uh, next time. Um, Charles was putting out these tweets that they've got these epigenetic ways of testing to see how susceptible you are and even if you've had COVID already. And these are the tests that they should be using. Uh, sounds like we experienced it in the same way. It took me three months to actually feel more like myself with a few residuals. Yeah, that's a lot of um, people experience. Was the Wuhan spike the one that waylaid interferon? I think they're all they they all still mess with interferon somewhat. We're a failure of a pillar rather than a rising column up tipping the table, the black pillar of society, the trappings of hypernormalization. Yeah. Uh, the peak of biowarfare created a dud virus. No, I don't I don't think it created a dud, right? It's just what tool do you want it to do? And it, it um it's gone a long way to establishing the wet dreams of technocrats and oligarchs the the globe over. Um, 
if you get the shots and have infection after infection, it does fuck you up badly and bit by bit. Foot warfare was supposed to kill. Ah, that's where you're wrong. That's where you're wrong. It's a maim. Maim. Um, let's see. A PhD pharmacologist told me COVID never leaves your system. Yeah, I like I say, I think if it gets into the brain... Um, then, yeah, it's an immune privilege region and it's probably acting as a reservoir, much like HIV. Um, but it stays in the eyeball, among other places. Yep. Um, thank you for sharing these papers. Oh, you're more than welcome. Um... Like I say, you know, I could do more detail into them, but I, I don't know. I, people seem to find value in me sort of working through it and trying to figure out what it is that they've tried to say. Um, I mean, if I was putting them into a presentation, I would probably um, have it nailed down. Hamansky pudlak syndrome, that's it. Um, and I don't know anything about it. You know as much as me, right? My oximeter shows my oxygen rarely goes at mine is always at ninety five now. <laughs> if it was if it was ever at ninety nine, sometimes I hit ninety seven. Ninety seven. But I'm often around ninety five. Yeah, so uh, we found out yesterday that ivermectin is now approved in the USA. Uh, Shupov says, hi, hi. Um, absolutely, Doc. Facts are what we need now. Electric Universe all the way down. It has to play a role. Um, yeah, of course. Every, like, everything is charged, basically. Um, do you mean a positive ion type thing? Yes, when you're talking about ions in the body. Yeah, positive and negative ions. Chloride, uh, sodium, calcium, positive ions phosphorus um i didn't notice any improvement with the second round of ivm so it's hard to say yeah look i i, I will be taking ivermectin in the week leading up to going to the us i think um i'm not going to um take my chances in that respect uh what's the refresh rate of the brain well you could at the macro scale, you, you can basically say it's going to be some subharmonic of the highest frequencies that we see. So, you know, we see generally max sort of 120 hertz. So sort of half that would be operational, I would argue. But you can get you can get higher, very, very small um, oscillations, but on on the larger scale. Above above forty hertz is considered um, gamma um, fast processing. Yeah, we hated it when we killed people in war zones. You don't get medals for it or anything. Um, <laughs> are you currently working for NATO? <laughs> Got tricked into Iraq as a youngster. Well, you know the NATO round was uh, designed not to kill designed to maim 
and um, that's why uh, that's why you have to put lots of rounds in them. Uh, let's see, can you get us into US without a jab? No, but I can uh, tap up uh, contacts. <laughs> so, I've I've had my jab. I was allergic to it. So, uh, will Doc be accepting Cottrell's Kendo challenge whilst he's in the US? Yes, the Kendo challenge is always open. Um, do, 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 do. Are you in the US if you were prescribed IVM? I wonder what causes the lung function deficits after. Uh, MN Prepper, just a red girl, says Epstein Barr messed me up too long ago. Never the same. COVID added to it. Yeah, that's what happened to me. Just, I, I, I hear that pain. <laughs> I feel that pain. Um, and I, I had a, I was coming out of a TBI as well, and it really, it rocked me back on my heels. Um, consider becoming a WTYL monthly subscriber, please. Um, have the good doc. Otherwise, you're gonna have a feisty Rimo pointing at that zero percent, saying, "You're all, you're all." Where's it gone? The Jew. Um, how are you progressing with spreading the word to broader public? Are you getting on more radio shows in the near future? What about radio shows outside US, UK? Um, I'm doing more radio, and um, I'm I've got big hopes for roundtable format. Uh, if C19 spike attacks T cells and T cells are what keeps Epstein Barr Epstein Barr virus in check, it seems logical. Epstein Barr virus would worsen after injection or infection with spike. Yeah, and you know, um, re-emergence of herpes like viruses seems to be a thing. Right, you know that. Uh, interesting paper on energy and consciousness. What's this? Uh, maybe I maybe I'll do a consciousness stream. I'll I'll read up on that paper and see what he's getting at. But you know, energy is um, ion ion distributions across membranes and work to move it. Uh, can't live forever. Tell that to the transhumanists. Yes, I agree. Kev, they say every day is a school day. Since taking this job on, you have learned. Have you learned anything new in your wheelhouse you didn't know before? Oh, yeah, plenty. Plenty. Uh, LDN is great for inflammation. It blocks interleukin sticks. Um, low dose naltrexone, right? That's what... Uh, Karma Doc is a big believer in the low dose naltrexone. I, I, will, uh, I will give it a try when I get to the US, see, see what I think. Um... I have seen multiple patients with deactivation of Epstein-Barr due to coronavirus. Many patients had elevated liver enzymes and low platelets for a time. How come my chat feed on YouTube phone is not showing all the comments that I have on my TV app and is way behind? I don't know. I don't know. Morlocks, thank you, who knows? Yes, Morlocks and the Eloys. For those patients, I extended their treatment and added some extra stuff. Um, and I think there's damage to my lungs right now 
because whenever I go, I get burning lungs now that I never used to get before. If I work outside, and it's not it's not shortness of breath like you would normally think of it. It's like a literal scratching, burning sensation. It's very uh, uncomfortable. Monoclonals were working too well. Uh, yeah, maybe. Shemin says, I'm not jabbed. Many jabbed, I know I've gotten the illness here as well. The jab doesn't stop anyone getting it or transmitting it either, apparently. No, it doesn't. You were gaslit into taking it. It seems to me they went almost zero choices. It's their way or the highway. Doesn't matter if something actually works better or not. Yeah, and that that's something that we've come to realize is that it, this was all geared towards pushing out this next generation technology and you know e even if there's been people who have been hurt by it they're going to turn around and say generally that it's safe and look i'm i'm of the opinion that should if you give informed consent for uh, a tailored cancer treatment using these technologies then why not or if there's some way of expressing something that's regenerative rather than toxic, why not? Um, I'm I'm not against the technology per se. I'm against the fashion in which it's being utilized at the moment. Um, wondering if natokinase and serepetase would help with the lung issue. Like I've been taking natokinase pretty high doses for I don't know three months now. I don't think I really notice any change. The biggest change, the best change I felt was with uh, anabolic steroids. Um, and the growth factors that stop inflammation. Uh, let's see. Let Zelensky changed media laws again. No media except approved by the state. Um, but you would think that there would be stuff... Um, coming out just not well do, do the cell phones work anymore i guess that's the question but yeah it's it's the information feeds coming out of ukraine have dropped off uh significantly did the steroids help with fatigue yeah very much so very very much so because i don't know like i i one of the primary symptoms that i have is myalgia like muscle pain and just it doesn't it doesn't recover like it would like it does normally right so the i used to like the feeling of working out and feeling lactic acid sort of build up that sort of stiffness i didn't i never used to mind it whereas now even a small push in that direction i'm sort of drained of energy and the muscles are it, it's literally painful it's not a pleasant uh, feeling. But yeah, definite, definitely steroids helped. Uh, Canada is already jacking at 50% of my ads are French. Um, let's see... Ukraine, two cents. Russia digging in new defensive positions, going more long range. Ukrops going asymmetric with terrorist style tactics, except recent pushing Kherson when they got slapped and took heavy losses again. 
Um, I have so many brain farts since I last had COVID. Yeah, me too. Right. Um, with the head injury as well, I couldn't do my job after head injury. And, you know, I, you could say I had, I'd had decades of recovery after my first viral run in. And, um, but head injury really knocked me back. And then SARS got me. And yeah, I'm just, um, I'm probably the best I've been for. Uh, a long time actually Japanese samurai were severely injured to place a financial burden on the king that's why suicide was an expectation oh didn't know that fibrin is building block of scars those enzymes act on fibrin breaking it down just a thought um, why are you going to the US so I'm going to the US for this event um, anti-neocon Texas event and um, hopefully we can get Charles in, or I don't know if Jay wants to go down to Texas to speak about censorship. Um, but the um, yeah, I've you know I've been on the receiving end of very very heavy censorship right from the beginning, and that was primarily for calling it out as a neurological systemic neurological disorder right that's going to lead to what we what we know comes from these neurotropic agents so the dementia disorders uh even the flcc has now added pqq to some of their protocols it's a good idea no matter the stage same for coq i mean i i take um uh, coenzyme Q10 and PQQ. I'm not sure what you mean by that. I'm still researching the Shilajit along with Fulvic mineral supplements. Yes, minerals are key and essential to be. And again, I, I I would say the best result I had. You know, if you put all that stuff in, and there isn't the environment in which to use them, and I'm not sure how useful it is. Maybe some some effect. But you need to put in the signaling molecules to say, grow, grow, start start using these nutrients. And that's that's why I think the um, the anabolic steroids and the growth factors were so, so effective. And I've got some stuck in the post right now. <laughs> God, I hope they come through. Uh, if, if I, I'd be like this, sticking in the... <laughs> testosterone every day <laughs> all right um let's see it's a steroid um pqq um, fibrosis aka scar tissue is the lung in the lung it's the reason for low oxygen levels oh, yeah postscript regarding minerals soil health and quality of available minerals in our food has decreased dramatically in the last number of decades i know i'm preaching to the choir Yes, maybe, but always good to have the message. Uh, apparently, heart condition regurgitation can cause low oxygen as well. Um, so that's something I found out that I have is uh, it's called cardiomegaly, like a big, over enlarged heart. So just so jacked and strong. <laughs> have there been any martyrs today? Yeah, we had a good one. <laughs> this one. Watch this. We 
salute the Shaheed and his commitment to the cause, sequestering his carbon so that his betters don't have to. Um, let's see. Uh, Land of the Lost Alien Shock. Oh, I should just be looking at that in... Uh, did Kevin say that? No, I haven't had COVID injections. I've had I've had uh, COVID. Genetically modify the people. Um, try the liposomal forms of all your supplements for greater effect at the Trash Panda. Um, I do if I can get them. Uh, let's see. I don't think you can put it all on long fibrils. You've got the heme problem and the fibrils and platelets into blood. Yes. 5-HTP helps the fatigue too. Um, maybe. Again, I would just say, um, do find what works for you, man. And hope, hope that it's not too expensive. Like, stem cell growth factors, it's fucking expensive. It's not covered by insurance. Um, so I will be foregoing stem cell treatments and uh, heading to the US instead. And then uh, hopefully I'll come back. Come on. Let's see if uh, someone sent in a dono. Just Mary. Just Mary. How dare you? Oh, yes, someone. There we see. Shout out to. You can have the uh, the new stinger from, uh, let's see uh, where you are. Uh, Landon, you can have a, uh, well, work. Well, that's not working. Uh, it was working. Wait. Uh, where's it gone? Oh, let's do this. You can have a. <laughs> His face cracks me up. Jihad, jihad, jihad. Thank you. Thank you for helping for with this jihad. Um, much, much appreciated. Um, and Mary in Texas. Did I give you, did I give you a stinger? I didn't. You can have uh, this one. Is that working? I'll have to go to main. Main and do you had enough and that means that I can now um, do this so I can change it manually properties and browse and we get a different one Ding. <laughs> there we go uh, bravo <laughs> Just for you for Mars, he's genius, man. Salute to you, brother. Salute to you. Uh, let's see. Chinese government told all Chinese to leave Ukraine immediately. Well, you'd think that um, they would be uh, left already. Will Fleming be there um, at the meeting? Um, I, I don't. I don't know because the this isn't a sort of medical meeting and it's it's ryan's event not mine i just i've just been um invited but yes that is ryan dawson it's his event and um 
it's a chance for me to go to the US. So he asked, I said yes. Um, anyone have that ivermectin approval link? Uh, just type CDC ivermectin, it's in August. Uh, do you take baby aspirin twice daily? As uh, No, I, I find I can't take it for that long. So for me, aspirin is for when I get really sick. Um, I do take fish oils, omega freeze. Um, what else do I take? NAC, natokinase, multivitamin, coenzyme Q10. Um, few few other bits and pieces. GABA, I'll take. Uh, Elon turns Starlink back on as he needs to keep an eye on the progress as Ukraine is a treasure trove of lithium holdings around 500,000 tons for his electric car. Well, then maybe uh, the Russians will just take it out um, because it's a present threat to its uh, its troops. Um, Kev, when do you think things will pop off in Ukraine and the US gets involved? Well, it's already popped off and the US is already involved. It's just proxy war. Now, again, the question comes down to how much is there going to be? Is it all just going to be proxy wars like the Cold War? Um, are they are they looking to split the world up and uh, have this multipolar world and uh, Belt and Road Initiative? Maybe. Um, but if the if if U.S. hegemony looks like how it does, which is corporatized global homo. Um, I hope I hope uh, the the trad authoritarians win. <laughs> I'll fight for those fuckers. Uh, let's see. Uh, I take CoQ10. And I'm not sure what PQQ is. Oh, that's the other one I take. Uh, quercetin with bromelain. Um, maybe just expensive pee. Yeah, look, I, I'm honestly a believer if you don't have the signaling molecules there, um, then the, 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 it might budge the needle a little bit, but for it to really have an effect, I think you need to be thinking more along the terms of um, regenerative medicines, particularly if you're in a bad way. Um, did you catch Dr. Mackey's post? on Getter yesterday regarding his updated list of Canadian doctor deaths. He's at 80 now. Is that true? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, let's see. Jesus spell check sinus. Okay. Bloke felt no pain. Um, I don't know. I mean, in, in this... I mean, do you have any pain walking up there? I mean, how lo how long does it take for blood to shut down for you to lose consciousness? Probably not that long, but I would imagine you've got. You had enough. Bravo! I wonder who that was. Uh, let me just refresh that. Um, I need to lo obviously lower my, uh, just a red girl. Thank you very much. Much, much appreciated. Um, was that right before he went to France and died? It says in France, um, in Paris on October 15th. I don't know who it is. Uh, Mika Ben Benjamin, only 41 years of age. 
but damn, he, he goes down. Like he's been shot. <laughs> so in French, he's asking, "Are you are you tired? Are you fatigué? No, the singer begs to disagree. <laughs> now, you know, forty-one years of age, you would expect that you'd be able to, if it was some sort of heart condition, that they'd be able to get you back up. Or not back up, but at least pull you through it. Uh, let's see. Crystal Shaman says Raccoon Jihad. Right. <laughs> I thought Fleming works out of Dallas. Uh, yeah, he's in. He's in Texas. I'll definitely try and meet up with Richard when I'm there. Um, try twat tags Mikaben Karami. What's this for? Another Shahid. What was the one we were watching the other day with the uh, Shiva? The the guy just dressed as Shiva. I mean, that one just looked uh, completely uh, absurd. <laughs> Judge Dredd died from a heart attack as he walked off stage after performing at the Penny Theatre in Canterbury on 13th of March 1998. According to the Times, his last reported words were... Let's hear it for the band when he collapsed. The audience first thought that this was part of the act. Now, like one other person that I can think of who died publicly like that, Tommy Cooper. Tommy Cooper. He died um, just on stage. And I want to say one more. Ah, there's one more. This UK TV, Tommy Cooper, and that would have been late 80s, maybe. I mean, it's it's not it's not such a common, and you would think with more um, more um, cameras and TV in general that you would see it more. Anyway, he collapsed on cha on stage. Um, let's see. What's the name of the stream where you nod off, please, Doc? I've been dying to watch that. <laughs> I don't know. There's hundreds of hours. Um, like I say, a lot of my previous streams were, you know, yeah, I skirting the edge of uh, decency somewhat. I mean, 
photo of Doc one year post steroids. <laughs> I don't want to look like Arnold Schwarzenegger. I just want to be out, go for a walk without without breaking myself. Uh, let's see. There are some good teas with GABA, such as T Guan Yin. It's good to know. Doc, do you follow Peter Zihan and his take on the Ukraine war? Um, I'm not sure who that is. I follow. I, I watch the Duran, uh, but they're they're very pro-Russian. Um, that's that's about it, really. And a bunch of um, YouTube, uh, not YouTube, Telegram channels. Uh, if he clot lodges in your sinus vein, you can be dead before you hit the ground. Considered a forty-one, considered a ripe old age now. Yeah, <laughs> maybe, maybe. As Walt said, impossible to revive. Um, Bill Shaman says my oxygen saturation was down at sixty-three percent. Jesus, I'm still dropping within several hours after release from three weeks of ICU because unfortunate circumstances caused me to be without oxygen in oxygen tank. Oh, that sucks. Any idea why some people look like they're seeing something behind them before they collapse? Um, you're talking about the seizure effects that's common uh, in epilepsy uh, or epileptic type seizures. Uh, classic basal ganglia driven seizure. Hasn't Walter talked about these people falling out as short in one part of the brain, not heart? Yes, this. The idea that maybe the um, the respiratory centers of the hindbrain, uh, you know, this is an area where the virus can sit and they cause demyelination and you, um, yeah, you just stop breathing or your heart stops and it, it can happen. It can happen. I've, I've, had it happen in monkeys you can just dysregulate those centers that they um yeah you can you can go from a healthy animal to a dead one in within seconds um and there's not much you can do about it tommy cooper my old man was there is that fine is that true <laughs> who knows since tommy cooper died just like that <laughs> Just like that, and Doc takes question with Brayman. Yeah, um, Vivian Foyer died during an international football match. Only one of those I remember. Mm, yeah, I mean I can remember the odd footballer here and there. Um, Peter Zian is a liberal neocon. Most of his analysis is BS. Okay, I'll I'll, I'll avoid that then. Uh, let's see. Zihan is good to follow. Another who has recently been reporting while out there in Donbass and Ukraine is Vanessa Beely. Good and balanced. Yeah, it's tough. To, it's tough to find good and balanced um, stuff. And, it, you know, the conflict is highly, highly polarizing right now. And um, I wish I wish that wasn't the case. Can I put that down there? I want, I want to be able to see. Doc, with your big heart, you should be on meldonium. What's meldonium? Do I need to? Beijing urges Chinese citizens. Yeah, um, yeah. The escalate. Of course, the escalation is coming because there's no off ramps now. Who's going to be the ones to come to the Russians and say we want to talk peace? 
and you know i i think that they want the chaos have you seen the new kamikaze drones yes uh it's called a shaheed yeah i know <laughs> what can i say it's uh where's our uh it doesn't work there god damn it can i sort my uh Right, that's me at the end of the chat. Um, this is one of the best uh, Ukraine channels. Well, let's uh, let's have an update. Let me let me find out what's going on. Ukraine targets Elon Musk. U.S. aid dwindles. Yeah, I've seen this Today guy on the Duran. Today is October thirteenth, twenty twenty-two. I want to. Has been launching missiles and drones. If we zoom in a little, you can see these blue icons. These are at least three Ukrainian aircraft that this pro-Ukrainian map has has admitted uh, were downed. Uh, these red drone icons. These are these are drones, Russian drones, striking targets in and around Kiev. Uh, the, the front lines have been stabilized. We see no real significant. Uh, progress made by either side. There's slow incremental progress that continues to be made around Bakhmut, right here by Russia and elsewhere. Uh, Ukrainian forces have either ground to a halt or in some cases are being pushed back. Let's talk a little bit about these missile strikes and these drone strikes, these persistent strikes by Russia, which uh, started a few days ago following Ukraine's attack on the Crimean Bridge. This was supposed to be in retaliation. This is a very significant retaliation if that's all it is. Uh, it could also be the beginning phase of very significant Russian ground operations. They are preparing the ground. They are taking out Ukrainian infrastructure. They are preparing for a push. And I have said many times that no matter how spectacular Ukraine's gains around Kharkov were, uh, and they, they did get a little little piece around Kherson there toward the end, uh, they are taking heavy, heavy losses. They will be fully extended. They will be depleted, and they will be vulnerable to Russia's next move. That, that is what's playing out here. There was no turning point, and now Russia is being defeated. They had some setbacks. They are going to get the upper hand again here soon. Let's look at the CNBC article. Kamikaze drones and missiles hit Ukraine's north and south. Putin could discuss peace talks with Turkey's president. What does this article say? It says, Ukraine has been faced with more missile strikes overnight, with critical infrastructure in Kiev region being hit with drone strikes, and the southern city of Mykolaiv massively shelled, according to the city's mayor. In the wake of several days of Russian missile strikes, Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky has been calling for more international assistance in the form of air defense systems. Well, uh, the attacks are taking place right now. When you ask for additional air defense systems, these are things that take months, if not years, to, to implement. So this is, this is not a realistic request by Kiev. And this reeks of desperation. Uh, can, can the West replace all of Ukraine's losses from these uh, recent offenses that, are, that now appear to have ground into positional fighting? Can the West provide Ukraine with air defenses in a timely manner? Let's... Yeah, and that's, that's just it. I, I don't see this collapse of the Russian front lines. Where is it? Where is it that we were having it rammed down our throats uh, a few weeks ago? And it's just going to get drawn out into a m massively horrible, gritty conflict um, where, you know, the gloves are going to come off. And of course, America is going to feed in arms and munitions and mercenary soldiers, etc. And 
both both sides are probably as bad as each other in uh, in that respect. Doc, show the video. Let's find out. Department of Defense, U.S. Department of Defense. They are giving the the outcomes of this with this press briefing. Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin and Chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff General Mark Milley, they held a press conference. Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin, his opening remarks, uh, among them, he says, Ukraine's forces have used systems like HIMARS to change the dynamics of the war that Putin started. And that's helped Ukrainian forces seize the initiative during their counteroffensive. He also says, we discussed ways to even more to train Ukrainian forces who are making such impressive use of their new capabilities. And we pushed to galvanize our industrial bases, to fire up production for the systems to defend Ukraine, even while meeting our own security needs. So he's talking about expanding the industrial, the military industrial base to produce more weapons. Right. Um, I've explained before, and during this briefing, they will explain to the media that this is not something that happens overnight. It's not a decision you make today, next week, it's done. It's something that could take years to do. Uh, Secretary Austin also said, uh, and as we increase our long-term support for Ukraine, transparency and accountability remain crucial. At today's meeting, we discussed the accountability measures Ukraine is using to ensure that advanced weapons are fully tracked. Why would you have to say that? unless there was some sort of significant problem. Uh, we, we know that there was problems tracking weapons and that the majority of them were not making it to the front lines. Uh, there was a Western media investigation uh, that put out a documentary about this and then we're told to edit, edit it completely, edit out the parts that made Ukraine look bad. So essentially walk back the documentary. They're still talking about this. So this suggests that there, there still is a, a big problem with that. Uh, Secretary Austin talks about Germany sending additional multiple launch rocket systems, but he doesn't say how many. So I looked it up and it's two. They're sending two more. That, that, that's not that's not an adequate number. Two is not an adequate number. He also talked about Germany sending this Iris T air defense system. This is the first of four units. Uh, it is brand new; has never been used before in combat conditions. It's one of four systems. The other three systems will be delivered over the course of next year. Uh, they're also talking about the Norwegian Advanced Surface to Air Missile System, or NASAMS, and all of these together are shorter range air defense systems than Ukraine's. S-300 systems that they had at the beginning of this in late February. The S-300 is superior to all of these. They're out of interceptors. They have lost a significant number of S-300 equipment. They have no way to replace this capability. They are getting inferior Western replacements. These are brand new systems, but even on paper, their specs are inferior to the S-300. Then General Milley gave his introduction. They, they both give opening remarks and then they take questions from the media. So this is one of the questions. A British spy chief this week said that Russia is running out of weapons. How concerned are you, though, about Western stockpiles and whether Western weapons could run out first, and specifically on air defense systems, given the need from Ukraine? Why are Western allies not sending these systems in faster? Is it because of a lack of political will or a lack of supplies? The short answer is it's a lack of supplies. They have no feasible way of doing this. They, some of these systems that were pledged to Ukraine have not even been built yet. That is the problem. Uh, but this is what Secretary Austin says. Well, it certainly is not a question of lack of will. See, I, I told you so. Uh, the commitment, the resolve that the chairman and I witnessed in this contact group meeting today was inspiring. And that's what I told the members of the group, that they remain committed to doing everything they can to generate additional capabilities. Well, saying, saying that and doing it are two different things. He's essentially, he's essentially admitting that they have no way of doing this. They want to, but they cannot. So then there was a there's a follow-up question they were they were they were asking, you know, if it's so urgent, why aren't you doing more? Why is it taking years? We don't understand why you're not giving Ukraine the capabilities they need to protect themselves. We, we don't understand. Can you please explain it? So General Milley, he answers, and this is what he says. So far, Ukraine has very effectively used their SA6, SA8s, S300s, and SC10s and 11s, etc. So they've been very effective at denying Russian air superiority, and that in turn has denied the Russians the ability to conduct ground combined arms maneuver. I, I think to an extent it has inhibited Russian air power, but not, not completely, obviously. The Pentagon itself admits Russia flies between 200 and 300 sorties a day. They're doing something in the air over Ukraine. So what needs to be done here by all of the um, various... That's not that big a number, right? Because 
in the Iraq war, it was like 1,500 to 2,000 sorties a day. And they were doing that from aircraft carrier. Um, Russia's got a border it shares with Ukraine. <laughs> You'd think that there would be mass squadrons flying over, taking out those, uh, taking out critical infrastructure. But Countries that were at the conference. Or, or missile technologies. Um, they just chip in and help them rebuild and sustain an integrated air missile defense system, specifically older systems like you were just talking about. Ukraine has asked for Hawk or improved Hawk, IHawk, as it's called. That's a medium altitude, medium range system. It's an older system, but it's quite effective. I, I um, Just to interrupt here a little, I have not heard anything at all about sending any sort of long range anti-air missile system to Ukraine. Apparently when their S-300s are gone, that's it. No more long range anti-air systems. Many countries have Patriot. Many countries have other systems. There's a whole series of Israeli systems that are quite capable. The Germans have systems, as we mentioned. So a lot of the countries that were here today have a wide variety of systems, and the task will be to bring those together, get them deployed, get them trained, because each of these systems is different, make sure that they can link together with the command and control and communication systems, and make sure they have radars that can talk to each other so that they can acquire targets on the inbound flights. So it's quite complicated from a technical standpoint. It is achievable, and it's what we're aiming at. And even if you know nothing about air defense systems this this sounds should sound complicated to you he's saying that it's complicated yeah, you should understand that it's, so. he's saying that it's achievable that remains to be seen what he's talking about is taking the same strategy of sending piecemeal dribs and drabs of a wide variety of equipment from all different countries just mashing it together uh, this has already uh, been very ineffective for ukraine uh, has caused many problems for ukraine has uh, created a problem for them where they, they have numerical superiority, they have all of this equipment coming in, but they cannot efficiently assimilate it and use it effectively on the battlefield. This, this has been a constant problem since this has began. And now they're applying this same approach to air defense systems, which are extremely complicated, some of the most complicated weapon systems on the battlefield. Uh, this is what they are now going to try to do. Mix, mix up everything NATO countries have together and try to create a single integrated air defense system. Good luck doing that. And so there's a follow-up question to General Milley, his explanation about them doing this. And they asked, so that's that's going to take a lot of time? And his answer is, yes, it's going to take a little bit of time. And it means months. It'll take months for additional systems to arrive, years for other systems to arrive. Uh, by the time they get this whole thing set up th the way they imagine, it'll be years down the road. Not, not, we're not um, talking about months. We're not talking about next What time. I'm hearing, the, the most news that I hear about Ukraine is that the Belarus side seems to be coming much more active and i i just wonder if russia is thinking about making the decision to launch back towards kiev from the sort of north uh eastern border i guess um and um try to pull troops away from the donbass regions and put more pressure onto onto uh kiev not Kiev, not Kiev year, we're talking years down the road. And an air defense system is something that the more components you have in it, assuming that it's all working properly together, the more radars, radars, the more command centers, the more batteries you have, the more effective it is, the more it can cover, the, the better it's able to communicate together with all the other systems, the more the better. They're sending one or two systems this year, two or three next year, a couple after that. Uh, they're imagining that by the end of, say, three years, they'll have a system put in place. But they're assuming that none of these systems that they're sending now are going to be targeted and destroyed in the meantime, which, of course, they will be. Again, this is why Ukraine needs air defense systems from the West, is because they're running out of missiles for their own. They're also running out of the, the, the launch vehicles for them. And uh, just to explain to you what's going on with this IRIS-T from Germany, uh, this is from Reuters. First German IRIS-T air defense system in Ukraine. Three more to come. Minister. 
And it says, uh, a first IRST air defense system promised to Kiev by Germany has reached Ukraine with three more of these systems to be supplied next year. And I've, I've looked into this and it's going to be maybe two toward the beginning of next year. And then uh, the, the, you know, the other one at the end of the year, mid to late 2023. That's just four systems. And, and that's the problem. A lot of these haven't even been built yet. They're, they're just adding up everything that they're sending in their minds and thinking, well, in the future, it'll be quite formidable. And they're excluding any possibility of these systems being damaged or destroyed in the meantime. It's the same with the HIMARS. I, I saw a Ukrainian, I think it was the, the Ukrainian Minister of Defense gloating that they have 20. Well, 20 were sent, maybe. They most certainly don't have 20 out on the battlefield. They're, they'll be lucky if they have uh, a little less than half of that at this point. As it always is with these uh, press conferences, Everyone in the audience, all of the Western media, they're they're upset. They're emotionally invested in this. One person is, uh, again, reiterating how urgent it is for the Pentagon to do something now. Do something now. Why aren't you doing something now? So uh, Secretary Austin replies, the systems will be provided as fast as we can physically get them there. And this is something, as I said at the top, that we remain focused on. And we're going to provide systems that we have available, that countries like Germany has available. Well, they're not available. They haven't even been finished being built yet. We're also going to try to provide additional munitions to the existing systems that the Ukrainian forces are using. Uh, so this is this is the problem that Ukraine has. They they don't have enough ammunition. They don't have enough heavy weapons. And the West clearly does not have the ability to supply what they need to continue fighting. And what the West should be doing instead is urging Ukraine to negotiate. Instead, yeah. they're going to encourage them to continue fighting on without the means to actually do so. And it's not just air defense systems. Uh, it's not just you know the small number of multiple launch rocket systems. It's everything. It's it's also including artillery. Uh, let's talk about uh, France. France is talking about sending up to 12 more. So let's look at this Reuters article. France could deliver up to 12 more Caesar howitzers to Ukraine. France could deliver six to 12 new Caesar wow. howitzers, originally oh, destined for well, Denmark to Ukraine. Uh, and then I was looking for more information about this, and I came across this James article uh, about Lithuania signals intent to acquire Caesar self-propelled howitzer. And then later on in the article, they admit that production is limited to about 10 per year. Uh, President Macron has asked uh, the French company that makes them to please make them faster. But as it stands, there's uh, 10 systems built per year. So that's not anywhere near enough to continue yeah, sending these them to these Ukraine. These aren't the numbers of the Second World War. The nations sending <laughs> them. So uh, France, Denmark, uh, other, other countries put in orders and are waiting. Now, this is this is the problem across the board. I've talked about in previous updates to the United States, their industrial base not being able to keep up with the, the, the supply of weapons that Ukraine actually needs and as they lose it on the battlefield. Uh, the same goes for all of these countries in Europe, including France and Germany. So the clock continues to tick. Uh, as Ukraine continues trying to push at the edge of these offensives, at Kherson, at Kharkov, a possible third offensive, we keep hearing rumblings about on both sides in, around Zaporozhye toward Belipol or maybe Mariupol. Uh, the, the longer they keep pushing, and even if they, they get additional territory, they are depleting their forces. They are suffering losses that we can all see the West cannot replace. And in the meantime, Russia preserved their forces. They withdrew rather than, than fight and lose men and machines during this offensive. So they still have their fighting capacity available to them. They're also calling up 300,000 additional troops and their associated equipment. There's going to be a turning point where Russia begins pushing Ukraine back. And it will be an irreversible process because the West absolutely has no way to sustain this proxy war any longer, not in the fashion that they have been. The question is, what does the West do next? Do they just give up and uh, let, let Ukraine go, uh, leave it at the mercy of Russia? It's possible. The West has done this before in, in proxy conflicts. They reach a point where it doesn't look like they're going to get what they want, and they just throw their, their proxies under the bus, essentially. Uh, or they could attempt to escalate. And the way I imagine them escalating is 
attempting to create some sort of buffer zone in western Ukraine. It could just be uh, up to Lvov, it could be up to Kiev, it could even include Odessa. Uh, this is something they might try to do under various pretexts. I was reading, uh, actually in the Financial Times, this article here about tension growing between Ukraine and Belarus, how Ukraine was asking uh, the West, the G7 nations, for an international monitoring mission to be placed on the Ukrainian-Belarus border. That, that, that could be the beginning of the West developing a buffer zone. Now, they did this in Syria. The U.S. seized eastern Syria. Turkey seized parts of northern Syria. They successfully deconflicted with Russia. They avoided an, a, a, a direct clash. They avoided a nuclear exchange. Uh, maybe the West thinks there's a precedent for it. They successfully deconflicted once. Maybe they can do it again and save at least part of what's left of Ukraine. We have to keep a very close eye on this because the West is going to have to make a decision here very soon. It's hard to tell exactly when, but that decision is, is coming soon. Yeah, I would think so. That that would have been my assumptions in this. And like I say, I think they'll wait for the cold winter uh, weather to set in and um, the Russians will have another pop at Kiev, I think. All right, so uh, you need electricity for those anti-air batteries. Uh, don't they come with their own generators? Um, let's see. Um, there have been deliberate attempts of sorts to deprive me of life-giving ingredients. I've survived so far. I hope to continue to. Yeah, you stay strong, Crystal. Uh, you're a good addition to the community. It wasn't just aircraft carriers, so many bases in the Middle East. Um, yeah, yeah, I guess. Uh, and not just the Middle East. There were missions being flown from Europe as well. Uh, let's see. Um, Keith. Yeah. Uh, man, almost sounds like Ukraine is meant to be. Yes, I agree. Build up in Belarus would balance out the front a little to adjacent NATO to divide. Macron and Trudeau need to share a prison cell. I agree. All my American tax money went to Ukraine weapon stocks. <laughs> Uh, all right um that's it i'm gonna wrap it up there but uh yeah good news folks um new new fundraising bar and um i'm going coming to america hello america um i'm very much looking forward to it and um yeah so if you want to come see me um i will be in texas and uh doing um well i guess speaking about my experience with censorship what i've done to try to counteract it and um yeah trying to uh see if we can get uh um, more interest in in the platform all right so folks have a good rest of the weekend i'm out of here take care god bless bro you don't know how angry i am you do I'm like i was just leaving for fucking work you do not understand how fucking pissed off after reading that little line i would be arrested for not taking a fucking vaccine fuck these papers i will fucking kill each fucking pepper i swear this is not a fucking joke anymore this is fucking dead serious i am fucking dead serious these people don't know who the fuck they're actually saying fuck these chapters no fucking vaccine or mri or mfs you want fucking god man Oh, I like this guy. Make sure you make a screw. Oh. 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 Make sure you make